Welcome to Gut Wisdom, a show about work, life, and how to succeed in both. It's radio that resonates. Now, here are your hosts, Deirdre Koppelman and J.G. John Gassman. When you set goals that you just can't seem to achieve, do you ever wonder if it's really you standing in your own way? I think most of the time it is. Don't we all have self-sabotaging habits, things that make, you know, things that cause us to get in our way, whether it's overeating or procrastination or so many other things. Yeah, well, self-sabotaging behaviors can definitely lead to more stress, anxiety, depression. Mm. So so the question is, how do we stop shooting ourselves in the foot? I know how we do it. We call Lisa Lieberman Wang. She's yeah. going to be on the show tonight. And we've invited her to talk about how she overcame her own self-sabotaging behavior and how she helps others get through the same issues. Lisa is a relationship and emotional breakthrough expert, and she's the author of a, a number one bestseller, I think, right? That is correct. Fine to Fab? Yeah. Yes. That's the name of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Fine to Fab and... Lisa's story is going to help all of us think a little bit differently on why we so often self-sabotage and really how to break the habit. And mm. it's a bad habit. So, I love it. Gigi, do you self-sabotage? All the time. <laughs> Donuts. Donuts, right. You've <laughs> that's been my dieting. habit. You've been dieting. Right, but that's my self-sabotaging, how I get in my own way. And do you that's rationalize when you eat? All the time. When you have the donut, do you rationalize? Well, it's just this one. Yeah, I didn't have sprinkles, so I cut a couple of calories. It's all good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think I do it sometimes, too. I'm sure we all do. So, listeners, stay tuned for a great show. This is Gut Wisdom, only on WCBS News Radio 880. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus, all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. Have you ever set a goal for yourself, but you just couldn't make it happen and you have no idea why? Well, it could be self-sabotaging behaviors getting in your way. You're listening to Gut Wisdom. I'm Deirdre Koppelman, here with your co-host, John Gassman. Hey, JG. Hey, Big D. How you be? What's going on? It's another Saturday night, and here we are in studio sharing amazing wisdoms with our listeners. We sure What are. do you think about that? Well, for listeners that haven't heard us, I think it's important. Why don't you, why don't you let people know what they're listening yes, to? Yes, so everybody, for our listeners just tuning in, if it's... If you're tuning in for the first time or you've listened to us before, Gut Wisdom is talk radio with one goal and one goal goal only. And that goal is to offer wisdoms to you, our listeners, from the journeys of others so that we can all learn something new from someone else. That's what it's all about, JG. It's all about and giving it, back. And and it's not, we are, if you're looking for politics, sports, finances, or fake news. Wrong place. Wrong place. It's really about learning something new tonight to help you in your life at home and at work. And tonight we have a special guest. Who, who, who? Who, who, who? We have Lisa Lieberman Wang. And Lisa not only has, uh, she's got her own story to share with us about how we can all stop self-sabotaging behaviors and be more successful. And this is personally and professionally. Lisa is a relationship and emotional breakthrough expert, and she's the author of the best-selling book, Fine to Fab. I'm in. I need it. Welcome. Welcome, Lisa. Woo-hoo. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. Thank you. Well, we're excited to have you, and I know I need a lot of help. So with that... With that as a backdrop, because I'm always the guinea pig for the show, Lisa, can you help me? Why do I self-sabotage? 
Well, the first question is, do you want help? Because like anything else, I'm sure that a lot of people self-sabotage, but not everybody wants to change because there's a reason we do it, and it's filling a need for us to stay where we are. So I think that's the first question. Do you want to stop? Mm. I don't know that I'm ready to stop. I like donuts. <laughs> well, it's not always about food. A lot of people self-sabotage in so many different ways. No matter how successful we are, there'll be people that will find ways to work, deal with stinking thinking, dealing with perfection, whether it's also using food or different vehicles like alcohol or sex. I know you're going to go after that one. Or other things hmm. that may cause them to self-sabotage themselves where maybe things are going great and then they find some way to just deviate from what they're doing to bring themselves back to what's familiar and that's not necessarily where they want to be but it's what they're comfortable in being. So so why do people, so why do people self-sabotage in general? Well, first off, it's filling a need. And a lot of times it goes back to what our purpose is and our core question that we're asking ourselves. If we feel like we're not good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, handsome enough, rich enough, whatever the case is, we'll find things to do in our life to support our beliefs to keep us where we are. So like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. It is the self-fulfilling self-fulfilling prophecy. A lot of times this actually starts very young. It's not something you realize you're doing, but we have to realize that our our beliefs were formed by the time we're five years old by well-meaning teachers, preachers, guardians, and parents telling us what's right, what's wrong, and everything else. And we spend most of our life trying to please other people at the expense of ourselves, even when it doesn't feel right to us. And before you know it, you're living what you think is what's supposed to be versus what you really want for yourself. So it's kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy. Maybe somebody told you something at a young age that you weren't smart. And maybe at first grade, a teacher told you that. And that would probably be true, right? Mm -hmm, Definitely. (laughs) You're, you're, You're learning. But what happens for a lot of people is that they take these stories and beliefs and all of a sudden they say, wait, am I not smart? And it's like a seed being planted and it actually sets root like a tree mm-hmm. and starts growing. And we look for ways to support that and say, see, look, I'm not smart. I couldn't do this. See, I couldn't do this. See, I couldn't do this. And you joke, uh, JG, about the donut and sprinkles or whatever you're saying about wanting to eat. It's the same thing when it comes to food. Say, I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to have that. But a lot of people think it's willpower that will change it. And in the book I wrote, Find the Fab, Seven Secrets of a Successful Woman's Journey Away from self excuse me, Away from Depression, Disordered Eating and Self Sabotage, it's really about why willpower doesn't work, because it has nothing to do with that. There's different means of which we do things to set ourselves up to stay in familiar or what I call fine. So it's kind of interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine very recently and you know, one of the things that I changed, I used to say, oh, I go to the gym every night. I never went to the gym because by the time I was done working, I was too tired to go to the gym. So I changed my routine and my ritual because I got to lo- I have to lose a good 30 pounds, let's call it. And I started going to the gym early in the morning. And, you know, I wake up, it's now like five o'clock in the morning. I head to the gym. But one of the problems I had in first developing the habit of going I would turn on my cell phone, my iPhone, and I would start going through my Instagram feed and my Twitter feed and my Facebook feed, and I wouldn't go to the gym. 
Mm-hmm. These were what I would call my self-sabotaging mm-hmm. habits mm-hmm. that I created, and I would rationalize. Oh, it's really important to see what's going on in the world. It's important to see what's going on with my friends at 5 o'clock in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't go to the gym. And then all of a sudden I realized I have to stop, stop checking my phone and just go to the gym and check it later. So I've weaned myself off of it. So is that kind of what you're referring to? These, you know, we all have these goals. We have these aspirations. We want to do certain things, but either they're not strong enough, you know, the the motivation to go to the gym is not strong enough, or is it that we just get sidetracked and then these habits become self-sabotaging? Well, it comes from having a purpose and knowing your why is one. It has also comes from the language that we're using. You said, well, you know, I have to lose 30 pounds versus I want to and I will. You know, there are other things that also are getting in the way. It's kind of like trans vocabulary is how we put ourselves into a state of comatose. And we, we function through what I call the fake book, face, instead of Facebook, fake book or social media. <laughs> and right now it's a huge addiction for so many people as a diversion from just being. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, let me just disappear from everything and go numb where for some people, for me in my past, I used to use food. I had a, I was in dis-ease with myself, like disease, and I used to use a binging and purging. I ate upwards of 18,000 calories a day in food, and then I'd get rid of it. You? Um, me, yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and looking at me now, it wouldn't make sense. Right. I'm 5'2 uh, and 115 pounds. You're like, where did it go? <laughs> 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 so, but... um. The idea is I was in dis-ease with myself where you, like the whole idea of exercising, I totally can relate to that. I used to say exercise is against my religion, but there, <laughs> there was never a religion that said you couldn't except mine. <laughs> you know, but the idea is that it comes down to uh, like three root causes of self-sabotage, and it comes down to our beliefs, our communication, and our ship. And those are the root causes. I go into the seven secrets in the book, but the root is the first one is our beliefs. And if you look at the word beliefs, there's a word in the middle of it. Do you know what it is? Lie. Lie. Absolutely. It's the lies we tell ourselves, right? And a lot of times we might have beliefs where it's like, I can't do that, or this is hard, or, you know, somebody won't like me, or this, um, what if I fail, or what if I succeed and I'll have to keep doing this? We have all these different beliefs and things we tell ourselves, or the lies we tell ourselves, which none of them can be proven. Or, I just, let me just interrupt, or the lies that may have been told to us, as you were saying earlier. Absolutely. And, and that goes back to a great point, Deirdre, because what happens is if 55% of your beliefs are formed by the time you're five years old, the other 45% were built on shaky foundation. Hmm. Because yeah. if they weren't accurate and then you're putting things on top of it, think about it. You're, you, both of you, here you talk to millions of people every day. You're, you're touching lives. And when you were younger, I'm sure your parents said, don't talk to strangers. For sure. And I think what's also interesting is when, you know, the time that you grow up, right? I grew up in the 70s, sort of, right? Mostly the 70s, I would say. Half of the 60s. Okay, I admit it. Um, <laughs> but back then, it was... Clogs, bell-bottoms. <laughs> yes, clogs and bell-bottoms. But it was also a t-shirts. different type of parenting style. And it was, it wasn't all about everybody got a trophy and it wasn't, oh, you're so wonderful and terrific. And it it was a different, so if you think about the time, you know, you grow up and your beliefs are there at five, 
it's different than some of the kids who are now growing up uh, at age five or even my own children who are 27 and 24. I mean, by the time they were five, I'm sure they thought there was no doubt in their minds they could be president. They could fly an airplane. They could be an astronaut. It's, you know, so I wonder, and I don't know if you've studied this, and it's sort of a separate, you know, I'm just thinking out loud in my head. You know, I wonder if self-sabotaging behaviors have gotten worse, better, neutral, uh, just through generations, if you have any well, opinion. What, what I've actually seen over the years is whether we're looking at the different decades and the like millennials and others, like today we have more of the entitlement type of generation where they just want everything done for them. Or we had the helicopter kids. We had all different things through the years. Realize that if 55% of lease are formed by five years old, it's not until we're almost 12 that we start questioning them. Like, is this work for me? Is this not work for me? Will we actually make some changes in it? But most of the people keep it as a foundation and then try to do things above and beyond it. And my key word was try, and I used the thing saying trying is lying. We think we're going to change it, but we're doing it through willpower, which doesn't work because when it gets into it further, the communication that we're using for ourselves and for the people, like what we say to ourselves and what we say to other people, is as much what's going to cause people to believe they have the ability to do something or not. Mm. And it, it really comes down to, you know, I'm sure when you told your kids, as I told mine and, and even grandchildren now, you can do anything, you're amazing, and all this other great stuff, right? Yeah. And the idea is, though, but we also to- were told, at least I was, and I was born in your generation, you have to work for it. Exactly. So, Today is like you can be all this. You don't have to do anything. You get a trophy for showing up. Very different beliefs. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know what? I, and the way I think about it now is how lucky I am that I get to go to the gym every morning when I want to go. How lucky I am that I get the option to choose between having the donut or not having the donut. So I, yes. look, I view things very, very differently than I did probably – Six months ago mm-hmm. when I was binge eating and not going to a gym. And you look different than you did six months ago. And I haven't seen you bring donuts to the studio in I gave at them least up. six months. So, all right. So wait. So we're going to come back with Lisa. I want to hold that thought for a second. Um, we have gifts. Yes. Gut gifts? wisdom gifts. You're always giving something away, D. Always. Best to be a giver. <laughs> so, and Lisa is actually giving a fantastic free consultation with Lisa strategy session. We only have five of those listeners. So uh-huh. please email me at DK at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com. And of course, and everybody knows this, not while you're driving. <laughs> and you get the opportunity to uh, have a free strategy session with Lisa. And if you're not one of those first five... I'm going to be the first one. E- I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> email me anyway, because we have uh, Lisa's best-selling book, Find to Fab, on as an ebook. So we're happy to send that to as many people uh, that are interested in that. But the first five, free strategy sessions. So stay tuned. We're coming back. More drive time traffic. A collision approaching the Tappan Zee Bridge. More often. Triborough Bridge is the problem. Weekday mornings and afternoons on WCBS 880. You're never more than five minutes away from the latest traffic news. A lot of volume across the upper level now at the uh, GWB. When you need to know, we've got you covered. Inbound Midtown Tunnel, there's a stall past the tolls. Traffic and weather together, plus the new bridge and tunnel update. Only on New York's traffic station. WCBS News Radio 880. So what's the secret to overcoming getting out of your own way or is like or as we like to say now self 
sabotage. If you had the answer, what do you think you could accomplish? And tonight on Gut Wisdom, you're going to find out the answer to that. Because I'm JG, John Gassman, co-host of Gut Wisdom, and we are here in studio with Deirdre Koppelman, number one host. Number one. Yay! Hello. Wow, and, the whole audience in Well, here we have the number one host, <laughs> and we have the number one best-selling author, right? We sure do. Who is it? Lisa Lieberman Wang. There we go. Yeah, Lisa. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm excited to be talking about this topic and changing people's lives right now. Well, that is what gut, gut wisdom is all about. I have to. Um, Sometimes we get a little tongue twisted a little uh, here. So, on the show. So, listeners, if you're just tuning in, gut wisdom is talk radio with one goal. The goal is to offer wisdoms to you, our listeners, from the journeys of others and from the expertise of others, because we believe we can all learn something from somebody else. That's right. This is not your typical talk radio show about politics or sports or fine. You're not going to hear any of that on gut wisdom. It's all about learning something new to help you in your life. Yeah. So we brought Lisa here tonight to share uh, wisdoms on what is self-sabotaging behavior, why we do it, what's at the core, how do we stop? And Lisa herself, Lisa, you were just sharing during the break why don't you share with um, with our listeners what what was your story? How, how did this? How were you self sabotaging? Well, this actually started at a very young age, not even knowing it. I grew up in a traditional dysfunctional family where everybody said disparaging words, mm. and I started believing what I was hearing. It was not that he was a bad person; he just didn't have the parenting skills. He told me he never read the book. I told him there was one; he just didn't read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, on doing that, but what happened is my father wanted perfect children, and I did everything in my power to be perfect, but I could never measure up, and no matter what it was, I felt like I was never enough. And did your and mother support that? No, my mom was the total opposite, the loving, caring, soul, oh. and told me, do everything, you can do the best, you're amazing, so she was the, the medium, you know, the happy medium, giving me the balancing act there between the two, mm-hmm. but the thing, when I look at it for where we were, you know, my dad didn't do a bad job. My brother and I were good kids. We never did drugs. We never did alcohol. Didn't do any of those things. We were too afraid of him. But what happened is I felt like no matter what I did, it was never enough. So bad that I had ulcers by the time I was 17 years old. I had a sudden heart attack at 18. Um, I ended up being hospitalized six times over 13 years for stress, high blood pressure, depression, anxiety. And I found that the reason all these happened were because of my beliefs. And it was the beliefs were the lies I was telling myself. You see, when I was 16 years old, my mom let me go out on a date, and I wasn't allowed to date with an older boy, and he took advantage of me, and I was date raped. <gasps> and Terrible. I remember I, my mom came home, and I told her, and she said, don't tell your dad, he'll kill you. <laughs> and wow. What, And I know she meant well, but what she didn't realize she did is the message I took away was I did something wrong versus he did something wrong. Right. And I did do something wrong. I let him in my house, and I wasn't supposed to have people in the house. I was home alone, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. And so so there was pieces, but this goes back to the beliefs, like the lies. So I held this in, and then two years later, um, in college, I'm teaching at Arthur Murray, and an employer, I'm professionally ballroom dancing, and an employer um, has me bring the music down to his room. We're at the 
the Great Gorge Playboy Club at the time, if you remember, and I was competing. And he says, bring down the music, and I get greeted with a man in a towel, and I get pinned to a bed. <gasps> and and um, it was interesting. I got my stuff out of the room, but when I told my dad, my dad was bringing him to court, was going to kill him. I mean, everything I would have expected him to do the first time is what he did do. Right. But it was my mom's beliefs because I did something wrong of letting him in. Do you see? Sure. So, yeah. Think about anything in our lives where it just becomes a building block to other things. And me not knowing how to deal with these these emotions, I ended up having ulcers and I couldn't keep food in my mouth. And I go to the hospital and they said, oh, you have control over this. And that was the, the, the curse because it became the beginning of an eating disorder that lasted 13 years. And I look at it as like, you know, my uncle came to visit me in the hospital and he goes, how can someone so smart be so dumb? And... That's kind of why the premise of how can people be so successful but still hurt themselves. And, and it's not that we're dumb. It's just that we don't have the tools or resources to really evaluate what we're doing and why we're doing it. At the end of the day, all of us just want to be loved, period. Yeah. And if we don't get the love we want, we feel like we're not enough. So is this what you were referring to before? What, a, what, a, what an <sighs> unbelievable story. I mean... Crazy. I'm blown and, away. And, and I'm sitting here saying, okay, you had mentioned the root, you know, one was being belief and the second was being communication. And yeah. this reminds you of sort of, I forget, Deirdre, was belief, it Mary, mindset, belief mindset behavior. behavior. Mm-hmm. Now your mindset, now you're communicating to yourself. Right. You know, the the history is repeating itself, whether it's father or the uncle, you're, you're replaying Lisa, the video yeah. or the, the communication in your head. Right. Lisa, there's... um. I mean, it's similar. Uh, Mary Lohr wrote a book. It's called. Um, it's about you know the way we think, pretty much. And there's a concept in there which is belief, mindset, and behavior. And that every time we have a belief, which is a thought or a belief, right, um, we automatically go into sort of the subconscious and and almost like our brains are a computer, and we and we go you know. You know, sorry, the for the sound of, sorry for the sound effects, <laughs> but the it's files. Like you go through the files of your mind subconsciously and you start pulling out all this supporting evidence and documentation that says I'm you're a dummy, 100% I'm a failure, right. I'm a this, you, I'm a that, right. I shouldn't have. I could. You don't deserve Absolutely. this. And, and, yep. then, and then that creates, you know, the mindset and then that's how you behave. So is that sort of what you're talking about? I swear to God, I have never heard of her book before, but you could have quoted me there. There you go. <laughs> With, without a doubt, and, and I liken everything to a computer because when I had created an NAP coaching academy where I teach people neuroscience and human psychology, it's a year-long program. And I'm in. What, Me too. <laughs> and what's really amazing about it is I compare it to a computer because of the fact that years ago, and I know we're close in age now, years ago the first computer was DOS, and if we were still operating on <laughs> DOS, none of us would be on the Internet today because we needed to change the operating system system to Microsoft so we can get online. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people are still operating on DOS and they just keep putting new programs in and thinking they're going to work, but they never change the operating system. So hence, they're they're sabotaging themselves over and over and over again. Wow. That's such, wow, that is such an epiphany. You know, we're operating on these old operating systems. Yeah. We haven't upgraded ourselves to the new operating. That's why the apps don't work, and that's why our minds don't work. Or it won't you change. Know, or, or we're accepting, you know, we're, ex, ex, what do they say? What's the definition of 
uh, craziness or absurdness. Insanity. You know, insanity. 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 Yeah, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Yeah. And that's what it is here. So Lisa, along the story of your journey, because there's so much to learn from you. And so many of our listeners, I'm sure, will relate to this. Yeah. I mean, self-sabotage shows up in so many ways. So at what point did you realize that you, you, when did you change your operating system? I'll put it, I'll put it in that language. Well, awesome. It, you know, 25 years ago, I had the opportunity to work with an amazing doctor, um, Dr. Turner, who says to me, this, she was a chiropractor, she said she can help me with the bulimia, and one day I'm on her table, and she says to me, Tony Robbins is coming into town, and, and he's doing a firewalk, he can help you. So I thought firewalks help bulimics, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I ended up going to... Of his his Unleash the Power Within and signed up for his whole program. And that was the beginning of a long journey that I've been with Tony now 25 years. And the turning point, quite honestly, is when I was became suicidal. I really felt like I had no purpose. There was no reason to be here mm. because I was never good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, skinny enough. Literally, there was never enough. And I couldn't, because I couldn't measure up, why even, why even be here? Now, the irony about that is publicly, if you saw me, you would think my life was perfect. As a matter of fact, people totally. told me, I, they said, oh, you have a silver spoon in your mouth. I was accused of that for years. They would complain, you don't understand, I can't succeed because, and they'd give me the, the thing. And I never, ever told the story I shared because what I would do is I was, I worked for IBM in my internship with college. I worked for MCI. I became a millionaire by the time I was 30. I had my own computer consulting firm. I've done amazing on the outside, but people didn't know privately. I'd go home and think I was like a fraud or an imposter. Like if people really knew how bad I was, what if they find out I'm not as smart as they think I am? The imposter syndrome. What if this isn't lasting? What if this isn't true? And it really got to the point where I just, got tired of the stinking thinking, and honestly, the turning point was my grandma. My grandma would say, you know, baby, take care of your mother's daughter, because mm-hmm. I was taking care of everybody else, but I wasn't taking care of me. And I was, and it was killing her watching me kill myself that I, I finally had to stop. So I have a question, just an amazing story. I have a question. Hmm. So, well, do you still have any of the imposter syndrome, I'll call it? Mm, no, not no, at all. It's gone. Not at all. You know, I'll tell you why. Because the third step that I didn't share was the SHIP. Mm-hmm. And the SHIP is an acronym for Strategies, Habits, Impulses, and Physiological Control. And that's really in how we reprogram the unconscious mind to be able to op- op- be optimized. See, the unconscious mind doesn't know the difference from fact and fiction. So if you tell it something often enough, it believes it to be true. I reprogrammed myself. I believe I'm fabulous, awesome, beautiful, kind, amazing, loving, you know, all these other wonderful things. And not only do I tell myself, I tell my husband and he believes it too. So it's really <laughs> I second um, it. <laughs> but the thing that really happened is I don't, I don't feel that way anymore because my standards are also changed, you know. I don't, I don't actually feel like I have to be perfect. I'm, in, I'm perfectly imperfect, which is really beautiful. Yes. I'm no longer having to do to be loved. I am a human being, and just being is enough, where before it was more about what did I do for somebody for them to love me. 
and I don't have any of those rules or values wow. anymore. And when you change all that, and that's really what I did, I changed the whole operating system and created new programs that were more empowering and fulfilling. And my standards are different. Matter of fact, I have even higher standards. I'm even more successful. But it's not even about that. What I need to share, this one piece I did miss, is with all that success I had at 30, by the time I was 40, I lost everything. I lost all the money. I lost the business. I, everything. We lost everything. WorldCom, MCI became WorldCom. They went bankrupt. I was a stockholder. So, I remember. Wait. Yep. So, so the so it's almost like you have this imposter syndrome. I don't deserve it, but even though I have it, and eventually they're going to find out. It's going to be gone. The 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 deck of the house of cards is going to collapse. The the tablecloth will be pulled out, and then that actually happens because that it happened. Happen. It happened to me too, and I'm sure it's happened to our listeners. Oh, yeah, it happened, it, it ha- and it was devastating. <laughs> it was so bad, I couldn't even believe it. I remember when I when I was on disability from from work, my father, I said to my father, how am I going to save money? He goes, what about the money you put away? And he said, I said, that's for a rainy day. He goes, well, then it's pouring. And I laughed because I never touched it. I kept it, I kept it, but I used to say, it's not mine. It's there for a rainy day. Listen to my words. It's not mine. And mm. one day it wasn't mine. And I remember when I... I met my husband, he saw the money, he knew the money I had, and he said, well, sell the stock, pay off the house, pay this. I go, that's for our retirement, that's for the kids' school, that's all the other stuff. And it became toilet paper, it just disappeared, and we had had nothing to do with it. But the thing is, I didn't think, I I honestly didn't think I deserved it anyway. I mean, here, I was the millionaire next door, you never knew I had a dime, because I used to tell everybody I had no money. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so, okay, hang, hang on, wow, you are just unbelievable. So your best-selling, number one best-seller book, Find to Fab, which talks about the seven secrets to overcome self-sabotage. Listeners, listen up. If you're one, actually, there's no limit here. You email me at dk at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com, and you get a free copy, a free e-copy of, of Lisa's book. And if you're one of the first five to email me and you would like a personal strategy session with Lisa Lieberman Wang, and you want to, I would say, change your operating system, right? Or learn how to do that. All you need to do is email me. This is this show is on fire, Lisa. I want to be your student. I already emailed her, and I got the <laughs> and I emailed five times from five different email addresses for all the books and sessions. So I got five sessions coming my way. You know what, JG? I'm going to let you go first. More wisdoms coming your way on Gut Wisdom on WCVS News Radio 880. Stay tuned. Get the news you need whenever and wherever you need it. Follow WCBS on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can even listen to WCBS on your phone with live streaming and audio on demand with the CBS local app. Stay connected with your favorite news radio station all day long. When you need to know, WCBS has you covered. Why is it that so many of us shoot ourselves in the foot? That's those self-sabotaging behaviors, the, the beliefs or as our guest uh, tonight, Lisa Lieberman Wang, if you look in the middle of the word belief, there's a lie. The word lie is in there. What, what about those lies that we tell us that create these behaviors that keep us from achieving the things we'd like to uh, or even maintaining success or relationships or our weight? Why, why, why? Well, why is a crooked letter of the alphabet. Yes. So it's not for us to ask why. Mm. How do you like them apples? All right, I'm all right with that. 
You're listening to Gut Wisdom. And folks, if you're tuning in for the first time, this is not your regular radio talk show. We don't talk politics. We don't talk sports. There's no finance. I have no stock market tips for you. (laughs) The hands never leave the body. We have one goal and one goal only, and that's to offer you wisdoms. And those are wisdoms with a big Z for you, our listeners, and others. And that's to learn from the journey of others so that you could pass them on. Because we believe that there's something to learn from everybody. Do you agree, Dee? Yeah, and there's no lie in that. There's no lie in that. <laughs> exactly. I'm John Gassman, a.k.a. JG. We're here in studio with the world's famous Deirdre Koppelman, the host of Gut Wisdom here at WCBS News Radio 880. Ah, thank you, JG. And we have Lisa Lieberman Wang with us to Woo! share. Yeah, all right. Big hand, big hand, big hand. This is a great Number show. one best-selling author, right? Of Fine to Fab. Yes. And, you know, stories Lisa's been sharing with us about how she overcame her own Uh, self-sabotaging behaviors, where those behaviors came from. And now she's here to help all of us uh, with tips and secrets on how to overcome that kind of behavior. So, Lisa, welcome back, and thank you so much for being here. Oh, this has been a pleasure. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Are we the most fun to interview with? Come on, (laughs) tell the truth. Absolutely. You are. (laughs) Until he sabotages it. I don't yes. sabotage. Yeah. He just likes to give an example of what it's like. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> so uh, before the break, and I know in a little bit coming up, you'll share with us um, some secrets on how to overcome our own self-sabotaging behavior. So listeners, you'll want to uh, get a pencil and that. paper. Um, Lisa, the third part, what does SHIP stand for? So SHIP actually has to do with our unconscious thinking. It goes back to our strategies, as our S, the strategies of which we've learned to do things, the behaviors, the motivation, the attitude and stuff that guides us to do what we do. The H is our habits that have become automatic reactions versus responses. It's the stuff that somebody does something and you look at them, you look at them a weird way, you know, and it's like, it's not like you're even thinking about it. It becomes just a normal reaction, right? Mm. And then impulses where there's things that just drive you. You, you want to do it. You don't even understand why you're doing it, but you're the impulses that just automatically pull you to something. And physiological control is, is how, how your body is operating and what you're doing to stay where you are. This is 90% of how you function through your unconscious thinking. The other top 10%, if you think of the Freud iceberg model, it makes it an easy visual, right? Right. The, the top 10% is our conscious thinking. And that happens to be our willpower, our analytical, and our rational thinking. If you look at the first three letters of that, it's war, W-A-R. So our conscious mind is actually the war we play on ourselves when we think that we can use willpower or other things to stop doing things that don't serve us. Normally, we get ourselves in trouble, and I'll give you an example in a second. The pre-conscious mind is the stuff when we're really hungry and we're looking for something. Most of the time, we're hungry for love, but we might think we're hungry for food or for alcohol or for, for something that we don't need. And maybe we're even hungry for attention and we get lost on social media. Or you're angry at what's going on around you, the people, yourself or something. Maybe you're lonely or you're tired. It's those, that, that's an acronym, too, for HALT. So if you're at any of these places, most of the time we need to stop what we're doing, but know what most people do? What? Continue. They, they continue and push through. So when they're at halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, they should really stop, take a deep breath, 
think about it for a moment, stall, you know, come and compose themselves. Most people will sabotage themselves by waging a war on themselves and take down their ship. Guilty. Guilty. (laughs) You dropped the bomb. The atom bomb's been dropped. I'm staring at JG because when he is hungry, angry, I don't know about lonely. I don't get lonely. But certainly (laughs) tired. (sighs) I get hangry. Bad. get hangry. (laughs) Hungry and angry at the same time. I'll give you a great example because you used a donut before you were talking about. So a great example is you're at halt and you know you need to stop what you're doing so you don't do something you're going to regret, right? And all of a sudden you look at the donut and you say, hmm. Yes. That donut has chocolate on it. Oh, my God. And you start analyzing it. Willpower is not going to kind of work. You're working. I'm not going to touch it, the willpower. Then you think of the analytical part and you say, but it has chocolate and chocolate's an antioxidant. That's good for me. (laughs) And then you look and you rationalize it. You say, you know what? They had to make that with eggs, so there's a good protein. Very funny. so before you know it, you wage a war on yourself, and you eat that donut, then you beat yourself up, and you take down the ship, and you say, see, I couldn't do this, I wasn't good, I, I messed it up, I might as well have more, because I already messed it up anyway, now I'm going to have another one with the sprinkles, because it doesn't matter anyway, and then you wish you, st- you halted and you didn't, so it becomes a cyclical thing. Voila, yes. you got me pegged. <laughs> <laughs> but we, all, But you know what? Lisa, you're 100% correct. We all do it. And listeners, I'm curious. Email us. Tell us your stories, how you end up self-sabotaging yourself. You know, how you go off the rails, fall off the track. We all do it. Admit it. And it's great to have somebody like you, Lisa, sharing, you know, personal experiences because it becomes relatable. And at the same time, it's so real that, uh, you know, you got to really hit, as Deirdre would say, Hit the pause button. You know, hit the pause button before you say something you're going to regret or before you eat the donut. And that's probably what's helped me and so many others get through the challenging moments. It didn't help you earlier today. <laughs> I'm, we're gonna, I'm signing you up for Lisa help. Lisa Lieberman <laughs> Wang help. Because that war that, that war that you have going on up there and that halt and all this good stuff, I'm signing you up, J.J., I am signing you up. So, Lisa. so sometimes it's okay to have a thought I don't express. <laughs> yes. And this is one of those moments. Yes, yes, yes. So, Lisa, can you share with us, you know, I adore you, JJ. Uh, so does everybody else. What are, I know that you've, in your number one bestseller, you talk about, um, and that's fine to fab, um, the seven secrets to overcome. What's, what's one secret that you can share with all of us listening tonight? To overcome well, the, self-sabotage, yeah. Well, you know, the first one I think is the most important, and then I'm going to tell you the, the seventh one is the, is the second most important. But the first one is acknowledging the fear or doubt. You know, looking back, I have 25 years now of abstinence from hurting myself. And that's a big deal because what ended up happening for so many people, they'll find one place where they'll change a behavior, but they'll just replace it with something else. Mm, so it's, mm-hmm. it's not until we get to the root and acknowledge the fear or doubt of what's going on and stop like walking around it and, and, and you know, making believe it's okay and keeping it small so you don't have to deal with it. It's kind of shining a light and saying, what is it that's going on? How is it affecting me? What is it costing me? What, how, what is it costing others? How is it affecting others? You start looking at it and, and making that decision. And a decision to me is to put an end to any other option that you're 
either going to live with this and be comfortably miserable, or you're going to move forward and do something about it. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm shining the flashlight from my <laughs> iPhone on myself. I'm trying to find the answer. Hold on, I'm to... doing it right now, if you could all see. JG, get to the root. Get to the root. Okay, that's the first secret. Acknowledge and get to the root, and don't make it like it's something small. See it for what it is, embrace it, and deal with it. Right? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. And I'll actually do the second. The second is taking inventory of life's lessons and beliefs. And you mentioned it before about beliefs, mindset, and behavior. It all comes together. You know, the beliefs, the lies we tell ourselves, the behavior that justifies what we're doing and makes it okay, right? Mm-hmm. The, the motivation of why we're doing it is to fulfill something to make, to support ourselves if we think we're not okay. So taking inventory of life's lessons and beliefs are important. Like I shared with you, I looked at, okay, well, dad was calling me a name that wasn't the best. Um, I was abused. I was, I have plenty of support for me to believe that I'm not worthy and undeserving, but I also can take inventory where these things came from. Could I have made other choices? Do I have any responsibility in it? Do I want to be a victim or do I want to be a conqueror and, and, and pass this? I don't even want to be a survivor. I want to pass that realm, you know? Right. But taking the inventory of the life's lessons and understanding, even from our parents' best intentions of what they were doing and why, how old were we at that age? Did it serve us at that time? And maybe it just doesn't serve us anymore. Maybe we can actually change the model and create new lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. So that's is that this is that the seventh secret or were you No, that's the second. That that's was the, the second. So what's the seventh? Well the seventh well actually I should tell you the sixth before I tell you the seventh. I'm kinda of, they're, they're gonna miss the in between. It's okay. The no, they have to I buy have, the book. That's right. The, <laughs> the sixth is stop waiting for perfection. And I say that because I see so many people who, because of the fear of not being enough, they won't they don't do anything. They don't go out there and attempt it. They or they, they No do action. It. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, no action, or they end up feeling like no matter what, they're going to fail, or if they do do it and take the action, they still find a way to beat themselves up. So I'm all about striving for imperfect action and doing something rather than nothing. But the seventh, I do think, is the most important, is make peace, practice gratitude, and celebrate. And make peace with yourself, really, to like literally... Make peace with whatever happened. Learn to fly, which is for me obviously like acronyms, first love yourself. If you don't like who you are, you're not going to do something nice for someone you don't like. Mm. So we, we need to get to the point where we can make peace with who we are and what happened in the situation and stop blaming and get rid of the blame, shame, and years of therapy. And practicing gratitude and being appreciative of what you do have, not what you don't, but really what you do have, because here's what happens. The more times we practice gratitude, we're reinforcing to the unconscious mind. We want good things. We're happy with what we have. Give us more. Give us more, right? Totally. And, and then celebrating, my God, that is such an important piece, and it's one I had to learn, and I teach all of my clients, like, celebrate everything. I celebrate getting to be with both of you here and everyone listening. Like, I celebrate each and every one of you just for being here, because without you, there's no purpose. So I celebrate that. I celebrate getting to wake up in the morning. I celebrate yeah. getting to, you know, to have a wonderful man in my life, to have wonderful children and grandchildren and parents and and all the other people that I get blessed to be able to enjoy my time. With, so celebrating we get, everything. Yeah, we get to celebrate. And you know what? The show has been a great celebration. And I don't mean to cut you off too short, but we only have a couple of seconds left. And this has been amazing. How do people find you? 
find me on social media by Lisa Lieberman Wang or Fine Too Fab. And Fine stands for Frustrated, Insecure, Neurotic, and Emotional at a Fabulous, Awesome, Beautiful. Find us on our website at Fine Too Fab, and you can find the book everywhere you look. And we have listeners, five of you. First five, email me at dk at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com. Five people get a free strategy session with Lisa. And if you're not one of those first five, email me anyway, and we will send you a copy of the number one best-selling book that Lisa wrote, Find to Fab, as an ebook. So everybody wins. Well, big thank you to our special guest, Lisa Lieberman Wang, for joining us tonight, as well as huge gratitude to all of you, our listeners, for having gut wisdom loyalty, as as we like to say. And of course, big hugs to our partners here at WCBS News Radio 880 for all their hard work, labor, and efforts. And it's Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. Happy, Happy Mother's, Mother's Day. Day from all of us at Gut Wisdom to all of the moms out there. Have a great night. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. Gut Wisdom comes your way every Saturday night at 7 p.m. on WCBS 880 or anytime at gutwisdom.com. That's wisdom spelled with a Z.